Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. It is exciting to be back. I am back here in Miami. I'm glad to be talking here in the comfort of my own home, even though this home is newer. And I'm excited to share some stories with you guys. So for those of you guys that have been following me all along and are excited to hear some interesting stories from me, stick around to the end. It involves hurricanes and large insects. So it may be funny to you. It may not. In the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about a few things. This episode, I'm going to actually be talking about a uh, message that I got on Instagram, and it's going to be kind of a response to that, because I thought it was a very realistic, honest message, and I think this person had this question. If this person had this question, a lot of you guys probably have this question as well, so I want to answer that, and I thought it'd be a great thing for this Friday, but in the in the future, I'm going to record a few podcast episodes. One is going to be about unconditional love because a lot of my clients struggle with it. I know a lot of you guys struggle with it and it is vital to recovery. So that is something I'll be talking about. Second, I want to talk about fullness. So that will be another episode coming up and it's about the feeling of being full and how to deal with it because a lot of people struggle with it. And even me, I don't like feeling too full and that's fine, but I am able to handle it when I feel full. Be able to handle the discomfort of feeling full now and not purging. And a lot of people get triggered by feeling full and they end up purging. So I want to talk about that. And I also want to talk about recovery and when are you actually recovered? Because I get asked that all the time. So, you know, what counts as recovery? When are you actually recovered? So I think that would be really helpful for you guys. So those are the next few episodes coming up. I just want to give you guys some insight on that. But this episode is about some some honesty. What is my life really like now that I'm recovered from bulimia? What um, do I still struggle with things? And is there actually hope? Is there hope for bulimia recovery? Can you be fully recovered from bulimia? I had someone send me a DM on Instagram, and here is what she wrote. Hey, I just found your page, and I have been skimming through some of your content and podcasts. They are great. I am just reaching out because I have struggled with bulimia for about eight years now, off and on. It is just one of the worst places to be in. I am in one of my lowest points right now. And I just want to ask you, is there actually hope? Like, honestly, is there really such a thing as recovery? Or do you still have thoughts of food and have to be on guard? I've just gotten to this place of hopelessness, unfortunately. Part of me knows there's hope to heal. But do you still struggle with thoughts of food or do you feel completely free now? This is what this person wrote and I 100% relate to her. I know exactly what she's going through because I was there a few years ago. I would follow people on Instagram, you know, I would be <laughs> binge eating, purging in my spare time, pretending like everything was fine, pretending to be perfectly normal, being a very pleasant person, but I was pretty miserable. And so in my spare time, when no one was watching, I would look at people on Instagram, I would read books, I would search high and low for answers and see people or influencers on Instagram that had supposedly recovered from bulimia. And I would look at them and I would think it can't be real. Like they have to be lying. There's no way that they are fully recovered. There's no way that 
they actually don't struggle at all. There's no way their life is perfect. Or maybe it's just not possible for me. Maybe they are special and I'm not. Maybe they just have that special something or that extra oomph in their personality that made them be able to recover. Maybe they're stronger than me. Maybe they just are smarter than me because clearly they figured something out that I didn't. Most of the time, I just didn't believe it. I didn't believe that it was real and I certainly didn't believe that it was at the very least possible for me to recover. And what I told this person and what I want to tell you guys is there is absolutely hope for all of you guys to recover. It is absolutely possible for you to be recovered from bulimia. There is no if or, you know, maybe you can recover. The only reason you don't recover is because you decide to give up on yourself and you decide to not keep on fighting for your life to be free from bulimia. That's, that's really the only reason. And it's heartbreaking. She even says, I just want to ask you, is there actually hope? Is there really such a thing as recovery? And yes, there is. But if you had told me a few years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing now and I would be, uh, I would just throw away urges to binge and purge like they were the most crazy suggestions in the world and I would have a healthy relationship with uh, food and balance. If you had told me that I had just gone on a vacation where I had access to decadent food all around me, buffet style, tons of food I could eat, I could eat all that I wanted and I had ample opportunity to binge and purge, and I didn't think about it once. If you told me that I was able to not worry about my weight, not worry about what my body looked like on that vacation, even though I was on a beach part of the time with a bikini, if you had told me all those things, I would have laughed at your face. I would have said that you're a liar. And I think that's what a lot of you guys feel like um, in some senses or what it feels like when you're in the midst of recovery and you hear someone say, I'm fully recovered and life is wonderful now. You're like, okay, I mean, sure. I I guess they could be telling the truth, but that seems unrealistic. And I want to tell you, I'm recovered. I'm fully recovered. I count myself as recovered. I don't binge a perch anymore. I have a pretty great relationship with food, I'd say. And I also have, um, you know, I lost a bunch of the weight that I gained during recovery and I'm at a pretty happy weight for myself and I feel comfortable with my body and I love myself and I have all these things going for me. But something that I don't think people talk about enough, or maybe they don't preface it enough with bulimia recovery, is that I still struggle with food. I still struggle with thoughts and urges like everyone else. I still have bad days and good days. I have days where I look in the mirror and it's all I can do from not telling myself, you know what? I really don't like you. I think you're kind of a piece of shit. (laughs) Like I still have those urges all the time. I still sometimes I have an urge maybe once or twice a month. It depends on the month because everybody's different, but I still have the urge once or twice to binge and purge. I still sometimes get triggered when I feel too full, maybe over eight. And I still think in the back of my mind, you could do it. You could you could purge if you wanted to. That, that'd be a way to get rid of the fullness. And I think that people don't want to say that out loud because they think, maybe people will think I'm not fully recovered. Maybe people will doubt me. But the thing is, those urges to do those things are so weak. And I, maybe they're not even, maybe they're the same, but I just have gotten so good at handling them. I've gotten way better at being like, 
no, we're not going to do that because it's just not an option for me anymore. It's not an option for me to go binge and purge. It's not an option for me to treat myself like shit ever again. It's just not something I do anymore. So to answer that person's question, because after she asked about recovery, she asked, or do you still have thoughts of food and have to be on guard? And I don't think I have to be on guard anymore. I would say that's inaccurate. I don't feel like I'm on guard for anything anymore because I'm able to just handle it. I can, like, I have ice cream in my fridge right now, and I had one scoop of ice cream today, but I put the rest away, and I'm probably not going to have some for maybe, like, another week, or I could have some tomorrow, and it's not a big deal. Like, I can handle being around those trigger foods, if you will, but I do still have thoughts about overeating, about doing those things sometimes, but they're so weak, they're so infrequent, and I just really have gotten much better at being like, whatever about it. It's not a big deal. That's just mind drama. And I also put up to science a lot of times. Instead of making me wanting to overeat something about my personality, something about how terrible of a person I am, or something about how weak I am, I kind of just say, of course I want that food. Like, of course I want to overeat that food because it's delicious. Of course, I'd want to have way too much guacamole and chips because it's deliciously tasting fats and crunchy chips and a flavorful pico de gallo. Like, of course, I would want to overeat that. It doesn't mean that I'm weak. It doesn't mean that I'm a terrible person. It just means that I have a healthy appetite, right? But we so often think that it's because we are bad or we're weak or something like that. So I think my mindset has truly changed around food. And she said... Do you still struggle with thoughts of food or do you feel completely free now? I do feel completely free. I feel like I, like I said, I can handle being around food. I can have ice cream in my freezer for months. I don't know everything that's in my fridge anymore. And a lot of people, like I know, I know I struggled with this for so long and I think this is a common trait. I used to have every single food in my pantry and fridge memorized. Like I knew exactly what I could eat before even looking. And I always got used to get so annoyed because my boyfriend is one of those people that will like (laughs) open up the fridge and stare into the fridge. And I don't like that just because I'm like a base energy. It seems irresponsible, but (laughs) he'll do that. But it's because he just has forgotten what is in the fridge. And I always used to be so amazed that he had the ability to do that. It's because he has this healthy balance. He's not letting food take up his whole mental space. And that's how I feel now. I don't remember everything that I have in the fridge. I don't remember everything going on with when it comes to food. I don't constantly think about when can I eat this next? Maybe I don't, maybe I should eat this now because I don't know if I'm going to be able to eat later or is this the right thing to eat? Cause I don't really know maybe I should do this. So I don't overeat later. There's none of that mind chatter anymore. And a lot of people ask, how did you do that? How were you able to have freedom from food? How were you able to break free from bulimia? And of course, if you guys have been listening to this podcast at all, the first step is loving yourself, treating yourself with kindness and respect no matter what, no matter if you don't want to or not. And then it came down to breaking my habits with bulimia, pausing, going through the discomfort of feeling that urge to binge and purge and not going through with it and not doing that. That broke the habit of bulimia, broke the habit of binging and purging. And then from there on out, it was dealing with those feelings of discomfort, facing my fear foods, facing facing being bombarded with food. I really just like ate. I tried to eat like a normal person again. I tried to just go ahead and eat when I was hungry and stop when I was full. And it took a while. It didn't happen overnight. 
a lot of people are either extreme opposites. They say recovery has to, it can be maybe short or recovery has to be like three years. And I don't think that's the case either. But eating was probably harder to me. Figuring out how to eat normally again was harder, I think, in a sense than bulimia recovery maybe even. Because once I figured out how to break the habit, it was much harder than to be like, okay, well, I broke the habit of binge eating and purging. Now, how do I eat like a normal person? How do I eat normal meals and not constantly snack on food or not constantly want to overeat or have a healthy balance of indulgent food and food that's good for my body that I actually enjoy? How do I do those things? How, does normal, how do normal people do that? And how do I not obsess over food constantly? Because even though I wasn't bulimic anymore, I still used food a lot for emotional balance. I used food to numb up my emotions still. I wasn't binging per se, but I was constantly snacking, constantly using food to take breaks, to chill out, to um, provide comfort to me. And that's fine to some extent, but I was using it to an excessive degree, I would say. So to answer this person, in all honesty, and any of you guys that have doubts out there, Bulimia is 100% possible for you because you're a human with a human brain and you have the ability to break habits and create habits just like me. I am not special in any way, shape, or form. The only thing that's different is I decided to make a podcast and make a career out of helping people with bulimia recovery. Other than that, we're pretty similar. <laughs> There's no special thing that made me be able to recover when others didn't. I just came across the right information at the right time that resonated with me and I put it into action and I was able to actually recover. That is the only difference. And you can do the same thing. It is completely possible for you to recover. It is fully within your future, within your grasp, within your lifespan. It is there for you. And anytime you're doubting that, I'd ask yourself why. I'd ask yourself, why do you think, do you think it's possible for other people to recover? Do you think it's possible for you to recover? Oftentimes you'll say, yes, it's possible. But you're like, who knows if it actually can happen? And of course it can. That's a ludicrous question. Of course it's possible for you. And it breaks my heart when people think that it's not. So I hope that this maybe helps some of you guys put your mind to rest a little bit. I'm not perfect. I still struggle with things, but I feel like I have complete freedom. I, of course, have bad days and good days, and sometimes I overeat like a normal human being. Some days, like when we were moving across the country, I didn't have the best diet. I definitely did not. I had food that would keep me alive and keep me going, but it wasn't very healthy food. It was some sugary pastries and um, some protein bars So and a lots of coffee. So it wasn't the healthiest, but I didn't beat myself up over that. I was like, you know what? You're surviving so that you can make this long drive across the country to get to the other side. So I have compassion for myself, which has made the biggest difference in my life. This person, this isn't related, but it's interesting because I know a lot of you guys do this too. This person says at the end, also, I haven't followed you on Insta yet because my bulimia is a total secret to friends and family at this time. I just needed to reach out and ask. Thanks so much. I really appreciate what you're doing. I kind of laughed when I read this because I know so many people do this. Not laughing at her struggling with bulimia. I... Uh, every time I think about the fact that so many people are struggling with it, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm creating this podcast. I want to help people. So my heart goes out to her there. But I know that people are so worried about people discovering me. And I know a lot of other people do that too. So 
um, if you do that, hey, you're not alone. This person does that too. <laughs> but thank you for you guys that actually follow me on Instagram. And thank you to all you guys that listen. This wasn't as informative of a podcast episode, and I know that. So I it was more me just saying what my life is like now. However, the next few episodes are going to be pretty practical because I want to make this podcast a mix of personal and practical things to keep you motivated, to keep you going in your recovery. So I hope that helps you out. And now to talk about what happened. I just moved across the country, Colorado to Miami. And what happened is we ended up having a drive to Miami. We were going to tow my car with our moving truck. But at the last minute, uh, the tow truck company said, sorry, a tow isn't available, even though they said that it would be, of course. So as a, being an adult, we just had to go with it, me and my boyfriend. So we both had to drive an individual car, no brakes in between, but we did it. <laughs> we got to Miami. What happened is before we got to Miami, we, of course, had already set up a new apartment in Miami without seeing it. But we looked at different rental companies. We would like to own a home sometime in the future, but not this year. We booked this apartment, put down, you know, a month's rent, security deposit, all the fees, paid all of these things. We expect the apartment to be very nice. We're excited to see our new apartment. We get to the new apartment. We arrive. We're exhausted. But we are there. We're ready for um, to see our apartment and start unpacking. But we go into the apartment, and the first thing I see is like this dead-looking frog on the countertop of the apartment. And the apartment, we like we notice the apartment itself doesn't look that nice from the outside, like we were told. It's like this townhome that's supposed to be really nice, but notice like something's not right here. Go in the apartment, and on the counter, there looks like there's this upside-down dead frog from far away. And I'm like, okay, gross. That's not a good start to what's going on. And I get closer and realize it is a dead cockroach. <laughs> and so horrified, we start looking at the apartment, all the appliances, very shady, very old, The a lot of the paint on the walls and the, the fixtures in the home, the doors, like everything's kind of cracked, there's like mold somewhere, and we found more dead cockroaches in separate rooms all around, not something you want to see, uh, not a good time at all. We go to the apartment complex, tell them what's going on. We're like, what is this? We almost decide to walk away, but they show us a nicer, newer, renovated unit, which does not appear to have any pests or anything that we can see, although we have heavily taken precautions and bought a bunch of pest control and have sprayed it all around our home now. That was an exhausting fiasco. We honestly, I got to Miami all gung-ho, didn't know where I was going to sleep that night. Like it was just uh, pretty disastrous for our lives. And of course, without sleep, it's really hard to deal with that type of emotional drama. But we got it all figured out. We were adults and we were able to make decisions. And now I'm living in this lovely apartment, what we expected to be in. It's very nice. Basically, if you come to a new apartment and they have cockroaches, do not take it. Demand better from your apartment complex. Don't live with that. So that happened. <laughs> not a good time. And then the second thing is we had had plane tickets for a long time to go to Mexico. 
And with COVID happening and everything, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to go, but we held on to the tickets because we felt like we could always exchange exchange them for different tickets if push comes to shove. So right after we got to Miami, four days into it, then we leave to go to Mexico. And what we didn't know, because we had been traveling across the country, we'd been focused heavily on moving, we weren't really paying attention to weather news. And we did not realize that there was a barely hurricane heading towards Cancun, Mexico. So we get there, it's all fine and dandy the first day. And then we keep on going. The second day, we put the do not disturb thing on the door. Do not disturb tag on the door because we just want to have a nice relaxing morning, breakfast in bed, some coffee, reading, whatever. And it's raining a lot. And I see on the news, my mom texted me and she's like, did you know that there's a hurricane coming towards Cancun? Are you going to be okay? Are you guys going to be all right? And I was like, what is she talking about? I look up in the news and realize she's right. And I was like, well, I haven't heard anyone say anything. So it must not be coming towards us or they would have been doing something. But we get a knock on our door and I don't speak uh, Spanish, although I am trying to learn since I am in Miami now. I'm taking Spanish lessons, but I, I'm not very good with Spanish. So someone knocks on the door, my housekeeping, and she tries to say something to me in Spanish, but because I don't speak Spanish, I did not understand. And so I just thought she was asking if we she needed to clean her room. And I was like, no, gracias, no. And then she comes back again, knocks on her door again, about an hour later, and I just say the same thing. I'm like, no. And then we get a phone call from room service or whatever, I pick up the phone, it's just buzzing. I'm like, oh, all these things are very strange. I joke with my boyfriend and I say, I wonder if there were evacuating for the hurricane. I just laugh. Then finally, I get another knock on the door. And this time it is two housekeeping people and the manager of the hotel. And he's like, are you leaving? <laughs> we're like, um, no where would we go? And he's like, we're evacuating because of the hurricane. You have to leave. <laughs> so we had to pack all of our stuff up in our hotel within five minutes, just shoving all of our stuff into bags because we didn't know if we'd be able to come back. So we were going to go to a different hotel. And then we come out all frazzled. And he's like, can you just bring a backpack? You can leave your other stuff here, but you just need to bring a backpack with bare essentials. There might not be room for all the stuff that you're taking. And he hasn't explained to us where we're being evacuated to. We have no idea. It's all a hodgepodge at this point. So we're like, okay, we're going to go back to our room. And then we just put bare essentials in our backpack. Don't pack things correctly since it's a rush. Another five minutes passes by. Finally, we get out there and he tells us, you're going to another hotel an hour away from here just get on the bus. So we really didn't know though, like how nice the hotel would be. We didn't really know where we were going, how many people would be there. We really just thought we were going to be like wall to wall with tons of people trying to survive the storm. But all in all, we got to the hotel. It was very nice. We definitely rode out the hurricane in a very luxurious state, but it was a crazy experience because part of the vacation was just us being, they they uh, restricted much of the hotel. We couldn't go to the beach, obviously, couldn't do these things, had to stay indoors. Pretty crazy, pretty crazy vacation. Not the most relaxing because of that, but that's okay. <laughs> and now we are back and my life is returning back to normal and I'm excited to get back in the groove of things. 
Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode. I appreciate all of you guys that listen, all of you guys return, and that I'm so honored that I'm able to help people. I hope that this episode, at least you found my stories funny, and I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.